Hotel history is created for adult audiences. Content may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dieta. And I'm Yael. Let's get started. Welcome back to our creepy edition of uh, Hotels. <laughs> Did you forget the name of our podcast? <laughs> well, no, not Hotels. I didn't want to say the name of our podcast. I just wanted to mention the well, the topic. Oh, okay. In the last episode, we took you to Sleepy Hollow of the Headless Horseman fame. So this time we are taking you to Salem, Massachusetts because, duh. Yeah. It's the OG. <laughs> Do you even have to ask? Yeah. Salem, Massachusetts was founded in 1626 by Roger Conant. Am yeah. I saying it right? We, n- we never know. Yeah. You know, this whole podcast is just us being like, is, is, this, that, is that really? correct? I don't know. We do have computers, but why check those? Um, and we can just <laughs> let people correct us. You know, people love to correct other people. So that's how we're going to get more listeners. Yeah. And it's going to be fun because you can't just spell it. You're going to have to voice note us because yeah. it's a pronunciation. So don't message us with like, it's you, you're, and you are. Like, you know, those <laughs> yeah. grammar Nazis that are like, how do you not know this? It's like, how do you not so- know social etiquette not to say that? Because you sound like a dick. Exactly. But <laughs> we all are inadequate in some way. <laughs> Anyways, so... It was founded by this guy, Roger Content, <laughs> Roger Continent, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> and a group of immigrants from Cape Ann. But long before Roger Conant and his group arrived, the area that is now Salem was home to an indigenous population known as the Nomkeeg Band of the Massachusetts tribe. So that area was referred to as Nomkeeg. But the settlers prefer to call it Salem. <laughs> I'm going to call you Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, the word Salem derived from the Hebrew word of peace or in Arabic. It's the same thing. The same deriving yeah. of Shalom. Salem. Or Salam. Yeah. Salam. Yeah. In 1692, the Salem witch trials began. Well, once they had a name. Yeah. They were like, now we can do this because it's catchy. Let the persecution begin. <laughs> <laughs> Only three months time, 19 innocent people, 14 women, five men were hanged. And one man was pressed to death. Like on what? Like with a big ass rock. Oh. I believe. Not like a, like a, what's that called? Um, printing press? They didn't like put him in the printing, printing press. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have the printing press back then? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's an interest. That's horrible. Also, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that we're men. I only thought women. Yeah, were there were a few men. Oh wow. They were probably the men that were trying to defend. Probably so. Women. Yeah. Um, it was a time of hysteria, obviously, when courts believed in the devil. Spectral evidence. Am I saying that right? Spectral. Spe- spectral. Guys, I don't think I should talk anymore. <laughs> Spectral evidence and teenage girls. Did, did they think teenage girls were the <laughs> devil? Which, honestly, they're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever met a teenage girl? Damn. Yeah. I they were like, <laughs> bitch, we got to burn you. You need to shut up. 
The trial ceased when Governor William Phipps disbanded the court after his wife was accused of being a witch herself. Oh, how convenient. (laughs) Finally, some empathy. It's like, well, do you want that being done to you? It's like, no. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a superior court of I'm just gonna, you say this far you say this far I can't do it <laughs> a superior court of judicature formed to replace the court of Oyer and Terminer why did I include this <laughs> okay so a superior court did not allow spectral evidence as makes sense to all of us now the new court released those awaiting trial and pardoned those awaiting execution. The trials were over. Just because this guy's wife was accused, he's like, wait. Yeah, I, he's I like, oh, this. you know what? I'm going to need to talk to my supervisor. <laughs> Let me get somebody higher up on this. And they're like, yeah, you can't fucking accept evidence about ghosts and shit. Oh, my. Is that that's what spectral evidence is? It's like is. specters. And so, like, if you're seeing things and yeah yeah i saw that scene in outlander (laughs) (laughs) i saw her be a witch it's like and they're like yeah (laughs) like that's not evidence just because you anytime anyone said something they're like oh Oh. but how do you know she is a witch (laughs) one of the best scenes in monty python yeah so the witch trials were historically actually a taboo subject in Salem until the 20th century when interest in the trials became like a pop culture interest. Starting with Arthur Miller's 1953 play The Crucible, which was a retelling of the witch trials, but also an allegory for McCarthyism and the communist frenzy going on in Hollywood. Then, a portion of Bewitched seventh season was filmed in Salem in 1970. More on that to come. (laughs) And the popularity of the show and witches in general sort of turned Salem into witch city. Everybody was suddenly very interested in it. So that made Salem able to capitalize on the tourism that began because of this interest. In 2005, a statue of Samantha from the show Bewitched was erected in the main square in Salem. Oh, that that late in 2005? Yeah, it took him a while. And it was still kind of uh, controversial. Like, not everybody wanted it. The Christians. <sighs> I almost did a spit take. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, some other famous things that have been filmed in Salem include 1993's masterpiece hocus pocus um sabrina the teenaged witch was not actually filmed there right no but it was based off so she lives in a fictional town outside of boston and i think they kind of like it was like based on it was based on salem and the cat was salem oh yeah and the cat's name was salem i guess they couldn't be like hey we have a cat named salem and we live in salem it's just too much (laughs) salem (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's true this i did not know the opening scene in bride wars where they are both attending their friend's wedding was filmed in the peabody essex museum in salem which is apparently a very very popular wedding venue and there's also some random other TV shows and other facts. Like, there's a show called Salem. 
it's it aired in 2014 is it still on no no i don't think so that one i didn't love that one i tried to watch it it was a little too gruesome for me but it oh yeah it uh tried to combine some of the history of the witch trials with you know more fantastical elements (laughs) java has a strong opinion about this what's up java java's our (laughs) co-host Oh, and then on Who Do You Think You Are, the show that basically tracks uh, famous people's like DNA, I guess, family tree, Sarah Jessica Parker found out that she is related to some witches. So in the episode of Who Do You Think You Are with Sarah Jessica Parker, she finds out that her 10th great-grandmother, Esther Elwell of Gloucester, was arrested along with two other women. And the historical society that she went to actually still had the original court records. According to these records, her ancestor and the other two women were charged with wicked and feloniously committed sundry acts of witchcraft. A Gloucester woman named Mary Fitch had recently fallen ill with an unexplained sickness. Soon after, 17-year-old Elizabeth Hubbard accused Elwell and the other women or at least their specters, of pressing, squeezing, and choking Mary Fitch. That night, Fitch died, and the three women were arrested for murder. There was some good news for Esther, though, because they were the last three to be accused of witchcraft, and right then, the uh, court that we were talking about had been uh, was disbanded. So she, she and her two other... The timing. Interesting fact. Now, as of today, Salem's 45,000 residents, uh, out of all of them, between 800 and 1,600 identify as witches. Yeah, a lot of... uh, It's not that much. It's not that many, but it's a lot more than there used to be during the kind of the rise of New Age and paganism and Wicca. A lot of adherents of Wicca kind of saw Salem as their spiritual home. So even though the women accused of witchcraft most likely did not practice it in any way, shape, or form, they kind of see them as these uh, symbols. Okay, so that takes us into the historic hotels of the Salem area. So we're going to start with probably the most famous, the Hawthorne Hotel. The hotel, which opened in 1925. Oh, later. I thought it opened much earlier. Was built on a plot of land that was once home to the Franklin Building, which was a meeting hall for the Salem Marine Society. Is that the society where they accused witches? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) The society agreed to demolish the hall and sell the land to the hotel under the condition that it build a room on the roof of the hotel where they can hold their meetings that was an exact replica of the cabin from one of the vessels they'd used during their many travels to East India during Salem's illustrious shipping history. That is such a specific condition. Yeah. But they followed through. They did. They did. You can actually see a bit of a tour of the cabin on YouTube. And they really did design it to look like a ship's cabin. The Federal Style Hotel is named for author Nathaniel Hawthorne. I knew it. Who spent his childhood in Salem and returned in 1846 to serve for three years as surveyor of the port at the Custom House. 
I don't know what that job is. And I didn't take the time to find out. So if somebody Same wants job as to the guy standing on the roof looking for the <laughs> somebody bombs. wants to <laughs> Google that for us because we are too lazy for that one. Uh, three years later, Hawthorne wrote his famous novel, The Scarlet Letter, at his home in Salem. Located in the Salem Common Historic District, the hotel is within walking distance to numerous historic sites and attractions. In the 1950s, to meet the demand of the growing number of automobiles, the Hawthorne changed its name to the Hawthorne Motor Hotel. Michael Harrington, a former Massachusetts congressman, became an owner of the hotel. And ever since then, a UN member country flag and a U.S. state flag are flown daily. So they kind of rotate the state flags and the country flags. The popular TV sitcom Bewitched films six episodes of the Salem saga in and around Salem in 1970. Some of the episodes were even filmed in the Hawthorne Hotel, where you can recreate the iconic image of beloved characters Darren and Samantha in the hotel's lobby elevator. A seance was held in the Grand Ballroom on October 30th, 1990, in the hopes of summoning Harry Houdini on the 64th anniversary of his death. It was unsuccessful. Yeah, no shit. Harry Houdini. (laughs) Are you joking? What kind of slap in the face is that to Harry Houdini? The man, he was an amazing magician, but his whole thing was like, this is fake. This isn't real. You're faking these seances. You think <laughs> Harry Houdini's going to pop up in your seance? What do you think he's going to say to you if he did? He'd be like, bitch, what He'd are you like, doing? Ta-da! <laughs> Magic! <laughs> I just, I, I feel like that, don't you feel like that's a big slap in his face? Uh, yeah, it's so silly. It's because they probably didn't read anything about him. Yeah. They were just like, of Harry Houdini. All the people that you're going to hold a seance and try to, you're not going to, you're in Salem, Massachusetts. So you're not going to try to contact someone from the biggest historical thing that happened. No, you're going to, you're going to contact the most skeptical <laughs> magician that ever lived that like made it his mission to, uh, out anyone who claimed that magic was real um well, yeah when you have real witches in, yeah to, in that instance I, I i guess it has an, an interesting irony to it yeah the irony is that it was unsuccessful <laughs> in 2007 sci-fi's popular paranormal show ghost hunters visited the hotel to investigate but they made a little bit of an error. They argued that the accused witch, Bridget Bishop, once had her apple orchard on the land. For many who stay at the hotel, they attribute the random scent of apples pervading the rooms and hallways to Bridget Bishop's orchard. But most historians argue against this, saying instead that it's common knowledge that her apple orchard actually existed where the Lyceum restaurant is now. Right, and that they probably just... Yeah, and so lighted, I they lit a candle <laughs> with apple scent. They're like, it's Bridget, it's, bitches. It actually is the Bath and Body Works farm stand yeah. apple, which is a great candle. Who owns her orchard now? <laughs> <laughs> According to lore, room 612 on the sixth floor have had reports of a ghostly woman walking the halls. Inside room 325 on the third floor, there have been several several reports of hearing an unseen baby crying, lights turning off and on, and even water faucets turning off and on. 
Others have reported numerous unidentifiable sounds. So basically, people are hearing things like they did in the Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the building is settling, and that's what you're hearing. Yeah. It's and like, oh, but it's very interesting. So let's, let's hear. Thin walls, bad electricians, and shitty piping are attributed to ghosts. That is the best marketing scam I've yeah. ever heard. It's like, come stay at my haunted hotel, hotel where <laughs> I didn't want to pay. There's for been no maintenance. <laughs> no maintenance. And, <laughs> and these walls are really cardboard. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> In 2015, Joy, a Hollywood blockbuster with Robert De Niro, Jennifer Lawrence, and Bradley Cooper was partially shot in the Grand Ballroom mezzanine and in one of the guest rooms oh really yeah i've not seen that movie i haven't either so i have to put that on the list yeah notable guests who have stayed at the hotel include actress betty davis she didn't burn it down though (laughs) if you know what we're talking about (laughs) if you know you know if you know you know news anchor walter cronkite general colin powell president george bush president bill clinton and new england patriot coach bill belichick Next up is the Salem Inn. This inn is spread across three different properties, all of which date back to the 19th century. The West Cogswell House, the Kerwin House, and the Peabody House. The West House was built in 1834 by Captain Nathaniel West, and it would later become home to Union Civil War General William Cogswell. Cogswell would go on to serve as the 16th mayor of Salem and was also elected as the city's 19th mayor. The second oldest of the three is the Kerwin House. It was built in the Italianate Revival style. Oh, that sounds nice. I don't know what that looks like, but Mm -hmm. it sounds nice. Two decades after the West House, in the year 1854, by the Kerwin brothers, James and Samuel. And then the Peabody House, which is a Dutch colonial, was built in 1874. The West House, uh, dilapidated at the time, was bought by Dick and Diane Pabich in the 80s and converted it into the Salem Inn. They bought and restored the other two buildings over the next 10 years. So lots of paranormal experiences have been reported in all three buildings of the hotel, but especially in room 17. The ghost there is believed to be a woman. Some have dubbed her Elizabeth, maybe a reference to Nathaniel West's wife, who famously divorced him for his extramarital affairs although others refer to the spirit as Catherine. According to a a psychic who visited the Salem Inn, she claims that room 17 is indeed haunted, haunted by the ghost of a woman who was killed by her husband. Ain't it always the way. Hmm. Or the other way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This betrayal by her husband has has led her to spirits, ill treatment of any man who stays in the room. Oh, she's a feminist haunted <laughs> ghost haunting a, a room with any man. That's bad. Usually when a man does spend the night in room 17, she'll become quite active in order to disrupt his sleep. She achieves this by causing loud noises in the closet and stomping around the room. Well, that sounds a little bit like a hissy fit. Yeah. But if you leave a tumbler of whiskey or any alcohol, she will leave you to a restful night of sleep. That is my kind of ghost. That is exactly oh the. God. I want all of you to know that that is the kind Wait, of ghost wh- I will be. You have an angry alcoholic feminist ghost. <laughs> yes. She's like, pay your dues or else. 
I'll make sure I you can't prefer sleep. bullet whiskey. You can leave me. Are two you going to haunt a place? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> well, absolutely. Where I would you want to haunt? Oh, good question. Yeah. I want to be able to move around. But that's not how it works. I who says? Says who, the oh my god, haunting. Who says? Because there are so many women in white haunting all of these different places. What if it's the same fucking ghost? And I she's mean, just like, I like to travel. What? I'm here for this. We season know Marilyn Monroe season. haunts a lot of different places. Yeah. Um. All right. Where? Which? What are your top two? I'm. I am a little bit disgusted with myself that i've never actually really thought about the places How that i would want to haunt i what do know. you think about all day i <laughs> i guess just pizza and whiskey <laughs> so so a uh, brewery and then <laughs> not uh, a brewery I'm not, not a, a brewery but a, like what yeah. is a whiskey brewery a distillery a distillery i knew it i was close okay <laughs> a distillery and a pizza hut <laughs> <laughs> No, because what I'm thinking about pizza all the time is how I wish the pizza in L.A. were better so that I would actually eat it. But I don't actually eat it here. So you'd have to haunt a place in New York. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of good places to haunt. Yeah. Be like, leave me a slice and I'll leave you alone. (laughs) I have to think about my answer. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Well, if you have to think about your answer, then how dare you come at me for not knowing mine? I didn't. You didn't. You had the reaction you had. I I wasn't judging you. (laughs) Was was I? Yes, I was. Wow. Look at me gaslighting you. That's the kind of ghost I'll be. (laughs) I'd just be the one that farts and be like, how dare you? The sec- oh, this is fun. The second spirit haunting this property is believed to be the ghost of a cat. It is important to note that there are no house cats at the inn, but throughout the years, the staff have claimed to have witnessed this ghost cat darting from one room to the next, and some guests who are allergic to cats have questioned the staff about a possible presence of a cat because they are having allergies. Wow, that's called the Blissey Bubble Effect. <laughs> <laughs> a woman named Kathy stayed in room 11 at the West House during the month of July back in 2012. And as she tells it, she was lying in bed trying to sleep when she felt a slight pressure on the bed as if a small animal had jumped onto the bed. She claims the cat began to paw at her feet until she finally kicked it. Afterwards, she didn't experience the cat for the rest of the night. That's, the cat just wanted to snuggle. She just wanted to play, and you fucking kicked it. Yeah, that, like what can cats do oh when they God. haunt you? Seriously. They, oh man. Trip you probably, because if you think you see like a cat, you know how cats will like get under your feet. That's and true. Trip you? I yeah, I could see that happening. But this cat doesn't seem like that. The cat just, you know, wants to be <laughs> You already cat. have an impression of this ghost cat. I already know. Uh, we know cats. We it's both true. own cats. Yeah. We know this how cat cats This cat just wanted be. to play, wanted a little attention, like, and you fucking yeah. kicked it. Damn right it went away. It was yeah. like, okay, bitch. Um, That would be a cool... I would definitely... Oh, my God. If I can be a ghost and have my cat as a oh, ghost with yeah. me, that I... Uh, sign me up. Listen, Salem witches, if you're, if you're there, <laughs> can you make this happen? <laughs> That would be so great. I yeah. would have a lot. I would have, I've had so many animals over my life. I would You'd be. You'd want all of them to be ghosts? Yeah, I'd be balling out with all my animals all at the same time with me. That'd be amazing. But aren't some... And I don't have to feed them. 
so great that's true so great you just like the cat lady ghost <laughs> wherever you go you just see a bunch of cats and they go <laughs> what what is that oh i smell tuna <laughs> <laughs> tuna and litter box yeah oh god <laughs> i don't want to smell that for the rest of my life <laughs> oh Okay, so the staff have said that they've heard the sound of a child giggling at times when there were no kids saying, staying at the inn. And moreover, some staff members have also heard light footsteps following them around the inn. See, that could also be the cat. How do you know it was footsteps and not the pad, pad, pad of the kitty uh, paws? Well, what's with the child giggling? Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> Let's face it. When children laugh, disembodied like, oh. children's voices is so creepy. I think they don't just make the rules. It just is. I think I hear sometimes uh, children and it's, it could be cats or dogs like or crying out yeah. or, or a bird. <laughs> Imagine you're like, you're babysitting or like you have kids and you're like, what's that? It's just a bird. Just a bird. I don't need to wind. deal with that. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Another historic hotel in the area is the Merchant Hotel. Built in 1874, it is a boutique hotel located in a brick federal-style mansion that was once the home of Merchant Joshua Ward. Is he famous? Just a merchant (laughs) from the area. Okay. Not only is the building itself historic, but the land is as well, because it was the site of Sheriff George Corwin's house in 1692. Who the hell is that? I don't know, but... Dang, but 1692 a, was during the witch trials, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is it right before or after the last? Because it ended, I think, in 1690 something. We just said it. Yeah, we should know. I just scroll. Hold on, let me scroll back up. 1692 is when they began. Yeah. Oh, it's when it began. Yeah, I thought it was when it ended. Nope. Or it may have ended the same. Oh yeah, it only lasted for three months. So wait, 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 wait. Back it up. The witch trials only lasted for three months. Mm-hmm. Why does everyone make it sound like it lasted for like five, ten years? Oh, be- I think because witch trials like were kind of like a thing that kept happening around the world oh, during that time. Okay. Yeah, but that particular witch trial. Oh, only okay. Three months. Ward demolished Corwin's house when he purchased the land and built the mansion in its place. The fireplace is in the common room and has a fire back that is said to have been forged by Paul Revere. Ooh, fancy I know, fire back. I know who that is. I don't know who the other guys are. Yeah, no, I don't. That I think that's local. Yeah. On October 29th, 1789, George Washington stayed in the home during his tour of New England. So that now they have named the room he stayed in after him. That makes sense. Washington was said to have specifically requested to stay in the house during his trip. So that probably means it was like one of the nicer houses. Yeah. He, um, in Brooklyn, there's a plot of land with an old house. And apparently, I think it he used to live there or stay there for like five minutes. Um, I don't know the details, but it's like still there huh. and preserved. I think someone lives there. But anywhere Was- George Washington went. People are like, oh, George Washington yep. burped here. George Washington <laughs> took a sneezed here. here. He took a shit here. <laughs> he sat down here. It's like now this is a dedicated George Washington post or whatever. <laughs> um, 
After Ward died in 1825, the mansion was turned into a hotel called the Washington Hotel. Wow. Literally, we just they said. They just... <laughs> they're <And> obsessed. <laughs> in 1978, the Joshua Ward House was listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So I guess they have changed its name to yeah. the Joshua Ward House at some point. The house then served as the headquarters of a bookseller during the 1990s until it was turned into a hotel again in 2015. And so that is what we have now, the Merchant yeah. Hotel. So not the Washington so Hotel. So not the Washington Hotel. But it's uh, mostly it's been a hotel and some and other stuff. A house. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and finally, we have the Daniels House bed and breakfast finally an old one so this is a small one uh it only had four rooms when it was built it was built between 1667 and 1693 by mariner stephen daniels my question is why did it take him so long to build it <laughs> i think maybe they're not exactly sure when it was built. oh, oh. I th- I, I, <laughs> they're like <laughs> 25 years for four for rooms. four bedrooms i like oh even back in that time he's a perfectionist not good the daniel's house website states it's the oldest bed and breakfast in salem and in america and it features open hearth fireplaces paneled walls and exposed beams so it's the oldest in america so i i take issue with this i feel like this is a little bit of a misleading statement because it didn't become a bed and breakfast until 1962. So as a building, I guess it it's the oldest bed and breakfast, but it hasn't actually been operating as a bed and breakfast since the 1600s. And when I hear the oldest bed and breakfast in America, I think, oh, it's been operating as a bed and breakfast for this long. No. Oh, yeah. You can't do you that. You can't That's say that. Mi- that is misleading. Yeah. In the mid-1800s, the owners divided the house into two separate properties and later sold them to two different buyers in the 1860s. Over the next century, the house was subdivided and served as apartments, a day nursery, a boarding house, and a tea room until it became a bed and breakfast in 1962. Okay. So it's not the oldest bed and breakfast. Yeah. It's from 1962. It's the bed and breakfast with the oldest building <laughs> yeah okay listen people you need a i get it like marketing is everything i get it but that is but that <sighs> is not true i don't like it yeah that's, it, I, that's just wrong with me thanks for listening to hotel history you can follow us on most social media platforms patreon and substack by searching for hotel history or hotel history podcast If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach more listeners.